Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. If you would, uh, join me in the reading of our scripture for today. The passage is Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 11, and it reads, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash. Jesus said to him again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly the angels came and waited on him. The word of God. For the people of God. Most gracious God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for all that you've been in our lives, for all that you are allowing us to walk in and see, Lord, and for all that is even yet to come. Right now, I ask that you would eliminate the distractions that sometimes surround us, that you would give us clarity of thought, clarity of vision, that we may see that exactly what you have for us in this very moment and time. Lord, open us up. Prepare us and push us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. This scripture is, is one that, that we all kind have, have read at some point in time. It, it follows a very pivotal, pivotal, how do you say it? Pivotal moment in the life of Jesus and in the church. You see, prior to this, Jesus has just been baptized. He has gone down into the water. He has come up. And you know the story. The clouds open and, and the, the, the sun begins to shine brighter than normal. I would imagine the spirit of God descends like a dove. And all of a sudden, this voice says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I don't think my voice was deep enough, but y'all get the gist of it. So this was a good day. It was a good day for Jesus. It was a good day for John. It was a good day for us, even though we weren't even there yet. And then Jesus finds himself in the wilderness. Now, when I got to this scripture, it's funny because I begin to look at the fact that Jesus is now hungry. Jesus is now thirsty. Jesus didn't bring a house with him, so he had to search for shelter. And all of a sudden, I begin to think of this show, this survivalist show, that everybody giggled at in the first service, so you're welcome to giggle at it as well, called Naked and Afraid. 
And in the show, essentially, they take two complete strangers. They look at what they are good at, their talents, their gifts, their vocations, and all the things that make them strong. They pair them together. They put them in this remote wilderness location, whether that be a rainforest, a, a mountain, um, a desert. And actually, last night I saw one where they dropped them in the middle of the ocean. And for 21 days, they are expected to use their strengths to somehow survive, not so that they can win some wonderful prize, but just so that they can say that they made it. Now, what's funny about this is in order for them to participate, they are literally stripped of everything. They are not allowed to bring any type of clothing with them, any type of shelter with them. They aren't allowed to bring uh, their friends. They don't get three lifelines like the game show. Essentially, they get one personal item, and it's their choice. Now, smart people bring that one personal item that feeds into their strengths. Not everybody is as smart, okay? <laughs> so in that, they find themselves voluntarily in a wilderness situation, naked and sometimes afraid. They often find themselves hungry because, quite frankly, when you go to a place that you've never been, finding food is sometimes a little difficult. Can you imagine that? They find themselves thirsty because they find very quickly that all water isn't good for you, and if you drink from the wrong place, it can literally kill you with the bacteria and, and all the things that float in the water that we might take for granted. That is something that becomes a very real threat for them. Their hunger and thirst sometimes drives them further from their initial goal and sometimes pushes them to the, the point of almost immediate death because they have focused on those things that they lack instead of on the strengths that they possess. You see, I believe this is kind of what the enemy was hoping for with this situation with Jesus. He... he in this exchange, the devil absolutely knows who Jesus is. I mean, in the scripture, it says, since you are the son of God, then do this. So that was never a question. However, I believe the devil at, at some point was hoping that maybe Jesus in his humanness somehow would, re, uh, would not remember or would somehow forget in fullness what it means to really be the son of God. So out of desperation, just like with the, the, the people of this show, he expected Jesus to begin to listen to advice that was not sound and some and was not sound and do some stupid stuff. Out of hunger, he expected Jesus to eat things that were taboo. Out of, out of thirst, he, he was expecting him to take unnecessary risk. And out of all of those things that it appeared that he lacked. He was hoping to push him out of purpose instead towards death. But Jesus knew who he was. He knew who God was, and he knew what he was called to do and to be. You see, the enemy starts this dialogue since saying, since you are the son of God, then why don't you end the suffering of what you're doing? Why are you walking around here hungry? Why don't you just look at this stone and say, be bread, and then you can eat? And Jesus replies, but man cannot live by bread alone. So the enemy goes and says, okay, 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 okay. 
This is me imagining. I'm sorry. It's a paraphrase. Okay, okay, okay. That didn't work. So, so let, 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 let's, let's try this. <sighs> Throw yourself off this high place. The angels will catch you. And then I will know you're the son of God. And all of the people, I'm assuming there's other people, will know that you are the son of God and you've proven your point to everybody. And Jesus says, You shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. And he says, all right, all right, all right. That didn't work either. I'll give you all that you see if you fall down now and worship me. And Jesus once again says, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and serve him only. And then told Satan something that you kind of didn't expect. He said, depart from me. So now the enemy is fully convinced that he may be hungry, he may be thirsty. I doubt he was ever naked and afraid, but he, he definitely was in need. But more than that, he knew who he was and who sent him. The gist of it is this. In this whole scenario, in this whole situation, the enemy was trying to play on the three things that kind of knock all of us off track from time to time. He, he dealt with what he could see. He dealt with what he could feel. He dealt with his ability to be self-sufficient. In Jesus' case, he was able to fight the, the enemy with the word of God because he realized that it was not his strength that he would stand under. He was fasting in the first place. His strength was waning, but it was the strength of God who would move them forward. In Jesus' case, he walked into what seemed to be a fixed fight where the enemy thought that he could win, and with victory on his mind, Jesus stood up and lifted the standard as God had commanded and this, and this place where Jesus hungered and where he thirsted and where he was in need, he never lost sight of the fact that God's word was more than enough to sustain him through any situation that he would find himself. And now we come to the place where we stand in our wilderness situations. We find ourselves in situations now where it seems like we are standing, in a part, standing parched in a desert place. We find ourselves. Much like Jesus in a place where, where we have been hit by the world and the storm has beat us up and now we stand in the need of something. Not knowing always what that something is, but knowing that we stand in need of something. And it is in those times that the enemy comes to us with propositions. It is in those times where the enemy comes to us and offers what seems to look good and to smell good and seems to uh, appeal to our flesh, but does nothing, absolutely nothing for our purpose and for our future in God. It is in those times that the enemy comes with all that he has, expecting us to fall for the tricks that he puts in front of us when God is saying, why would you go after those things that are temporal, those things that are temporary, those things that don't matter when you can have the living water that lasts forever? Am I by myself? The wilderness situation is a place that we all get to. The wilderness situation is a place that we all must traverse. The wilderness situation is not a one-time occurrence even in our lives. But it is a place 
where God shows himself so strong so often that we know 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 that he is forever with us. And in that place of learning, in that place of testing, in that place where the enemy gives his best shot, if we will remember that the God of our salvation will never leave us nor forsake us, we can walk through it just that much stronger. If we remember that by our strength we will fail, but in our weakness his strength is made perfect, then we can walk with our chest out and our head up expecting the victory. If we remember that even as the enemy seeks to devour us, it is God that protects us. If we remember that when he comes in like a flood, it is God who lifts up a standard. If we remember that the enemy will never ever be able to overcome that which God has ordained, then we can stand on our faith, flat-footed and ready for the world, instead of cowering in our fear, chasing after water that will never quench our thirst. Parched in a desert place simply says that at times this life causes us to want something very badly. And oftentimes we are offered something that seems like it will do the job. But if we would seek after God with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our being, we will surely find the perfect gift that God has for us that puts all of that other stuff to shame. Amen. In this life that we live, on this journey in which we walk, remember two things. The enemy is not your friend. The enemy is not your friend. The enemy is not your friend. And God has you and has had you before you ever were you. So if you would believe and have faith enough to walk it out the way that he's designed, I assure you, I promise you, I assure you, I promise you, life will be sweeter than you ever dreamed in spite of your desert places. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.